uh, somebody that's a winner every time uh, we get to, well, we're the winners every time that we get to hear him, is New York Times bestselling author, the co-anchor of Fox and Friends, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, and now someone that's killing it on the weekends uh, with his weekend show is Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Brian, thank you as always for joining us. What's happening, Frank? Uh, so uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Today, a big hearing in D.C. about the future of TikTok. You did one of the best interviews I've seen in a long time with Tristan Harris, who I've followed ever since I saw him on 60 Minutes talking about social media on how China is weaponizing TikTok and uh, artificial intelligence. Where do you come down on the question of a TikTok ban, Brian? I'm with Italy, the Netherlands, India, Sweden, Ban it. Uh, We have to get smart. Uh, We have to get smart about our number one uh, nation, our number one enemy. Uh, Everything from buying land, uh, from buying farmland to buying land near our military bases to flying balloons across our country to paying millions to our colleges, billions to our colleges over years. uh, Putting thousands through our border, you know, border crossings up a thousand percent from the Chinese and now we know that they've pledged allegiance to Russia to uh, change the world order, uh, knocking us back, which I'm not convinced they will. I think the world is waking up to it. But this is all part of it. And this is the thing with Tristan Harris said, featured on 60 Minutes and Star of Social Dilemma. There's got to be a huge push. And all parents listening to me right now should understand this. Very similar to drunk driving and cigarettes. You know, the Marlboro Man and all the things that were out there to make it look great to smoke. They put it into movies and made every 13-year-old from previous generations want to smoke. And there was a huge pushback. Now, Frank, when you walk through the city, we got a, a marijuana problem. We don't have a cigarette problem. But that's another issue. Now there's got to be a big push on social media. And leading the charge on the addiction portion is TikTok. And they've already used it to spy on journalists. We cannot trust anything they say. This CEO is actually going to get up there to, uh, today and say, we uh, would not, if China tells us to open up the back door for intelligence, we will say no. We know how that goes with Jack Ma, creator of Alibaba. He ends up in jail. Right. We know what happens with these uh, banking executives in Hong Kong. They are missing and maybe thought to be dead. There's no way we can go in their word. And what Tristan Harris also went on to say is that, you know, that they shut off TikTok in Japan at 11. Do you know that it doesn't start again till nine? Do you know that most of their stuff is educational, Mm -hmm. not dance videos? So, of course, it's got to be banned. Um, so I'm very eager to see how this uh, how this shakes out uh, today and what questions uh, they ask him. Hey, uh, the presidential race seems to, or, to have taken a new direction. Front page of yesterday's New York Post was this Ron DeSantis interview with Piers Morgan in which he really for the first time um, gave a few broadsides uh, to President Trump. He also did so earlier in the week when he was asked about the uh, the Stormy Daniels payments. Uh, is this a reflection of a, a, a change in strategy on the part of DeSantis? Is it due to the fact that Trump's poll numbers seem to be climbing among Republican primary voters? You know, I'm, I can't tell you, but I will say this. He was reluctant to go into Trump when I talked to him, mm-hmm. and he wanted to go into Trump two weeks later. 
And the only difference was Trump started uh, picking up the attacks and going through a record that he claims is not good. You know, you're friends with Paul Ryan. You're like Mitt Romney. Florida was going great anyway. At the bottom of all educational uh, studies, kept us locked down way too long in Florida. Fifty percent, I know of that, is just not true. I mean, to say that Florida was locked down, I was there. Everybody knows his big regret was locking down that the federal government told him to for three weeks. He was the first one to let people walk on the beaches. So you know, uh, Ron DeSantis might have vulnerabilities, but the with the opposition research that Donald Trump put out yesterday, 70% of it was just flat out wrong. And the other perception I had that Michael Waltz mentioned, he said, well, Michael Waltz says, you know, when I first got to the House, they told me to stay away from Paul Ryan. I said, why? He said, because he was too conservative. He said, you'll not be able to get a, a seat uh, in in the, in the uh, in Florida when you say you're like Paul Ryan because Paul Ryan wanted to cut everything because he came off the Simpson-Bowles plan. He's got uh, his, his goal, goal was to be Ways and Means right. chair. He wanted to cut all the entitlements. And, you know, that was his, you know, the DeSantis kind of led that way. But now Paul Ryan's looked at as the incarnation of Mitt Romney, of to moderate. He's just not. I mean, that's he didn't get along with Trump for different reasons. So I think at one point he's got to be specific, but also you got to be tactical. Well, what is the goal there? To be Trump and not have any of his supporters? Uh, if you got to find a way to beat him and not lose his fans, and he's going to have about ten thousand a Waco Saturday. Uh, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see where this uh, where this goes from here. So Japan won the World Baseball Classic. Did you follow this at all, uh, Brian? I, I didn't yes. watch uh, much of it, but tell me the the appeal. And I'm a baseball fan. Um, th- this was clearly a big enough deal for Edwin Diaz to get hurt celebrating and potentially be out for the year. Um, w- what was the appeal <laughs> of the uh, World Baseball Classic to you as a fan and as a guy that talks about yeah. sports? Well, Frank, I'll just add this for Trump supporters. Uh, Trump has to explain to everybody, and I just mean it. Just say, hi, this is the, just to finish up with your statement, this is how I'm going to get the moderates and the independents and the undecideds I didn't get last time. That should be his number one strategy. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't have to worry about what Ron DeSantis does. And if, he, it is, if it is coherent and he does have a good team around him now, they are organized, that would be the best thing he could do without making up dumb nicknames. That are insulting uh, to us as a country. If Frank, if you and I are rivals in overnight radio and I'm making up a nickname on you, that that's juvenile. And you're going back with me and say that it's just dumb. Just beat me. Right. Number two, just to to what you're saying, what I liked is countries. And, you know, the U.S. did put out a good team. And Japan was, you know, Japan uh, beat them by a run. And to have Mike Trout struck out by Otani on a a 3-2 slider after he threw nothing but fastballs in front of a capacity crowd, the whole nation of Japan celebrated. And I I actually think the U.S., the players seem to love it. I mean, they just love playing for their country. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, you know, the one country that seems a little unhappy is uh, Cuba. They slammed the Miami authorities and baseball officials for allowing what they called vile and organized attacks against its players at the semifinal when uh, Cuba was uh, was playing on uh, on Sunday at Lone Depot Stadium. And uh, I'm sure it has to do with the large population of Cuban-Americans that are in Miami. But the foreign ministry of Cuba essentially hailed the professionalism and the performance of the U.S. team, which beat the Cubans, but they said that the hazing of its players had put Cuba at an unfair disadvantage. It strikes me as sour grapes there, Brian. Right. Um, 
they lost their catcher. He defected. I'm surprised they didn't lose the whole team. So, um, you know, in terms of Cuban abuse, the players, uh, I do feel bad for the for, for players because they have nothing to do with this. They wish they were born on a different Caribbean island, I'm sure. So, you know, I, I can't stop. The people of Miami, I did a feature on Little Havana, the most successful immigrant group since the Pilgrims. Mm. The doctors and lawyers came and became roofers and they cleaned your houses and they worked their way up to society and they hate Castro. And they, they just despise the reapproachment by Barack Obama. They love that Trump went back. And they're true entrepreneurs. So you cannot stop them from showing their hatred uh, towards that former government that wiped out their earnings and their, their history. And so I, I get it. I, I, will, I will not stand in judgment of the people of Miami. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I was surprised that how many people were into the World Baseball Classic uh, this year. I guess for maybe the patriotic fervor and the kind of pride in uh, in countries that you're talking about, both on the part of the fans and the players, it looks like this is uh, is here to stay. I would have assumed that this would have been something that the owners really were reluctant to let their players participate in because of the risk of injury. But uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, given the the amount of uh, of popular appeal this seemed to have. This is going to be with us for a while. So think about this, Frank. I mean, how many players really want to go to London and play, and they're going to be going to Germany next year, and Mexico, and again, when it gets safe, and I probably let next year, but they know it grows the game. Mm. And they sit down with the owners in the offseason and say, listen, and they sit down with the players' union and say, you have to understand, we need to be able to market. Mike Trout needs to be known in Italy. The Italians, coached by Mike Piazza, managed by Piazza are now more interested in baseball. That's more jerseys sold in Europe. So, yeah, you know, the World Baseball Classic. Well, I worry if I'm a manager and an owner, if I'm the league, I need it. I need to be a global product. And and that's just it. So they just know in the big picture they get license creed, you know, you know, they get a percentage of of the jerseys sold, the the, the wristbands sold, the cleats so the players suck it up, travel at 1,500 miles. Players suck it up, and they train early to get, get into game shape in the middle of spring training. And you're only asked to do it every four years. And, you know, I love, selfishly, I love the fact that Fox is selling it. John Smoltz came on with us a couple of days ago, and he really he goes, I really regret every day that I didn't have a chance to play for my country. So that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that, that's an elite player. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Hey, um, these bank bailouts, now there's serious discussion about doing away with the $250,000 FDIC insurance limit. Uh, some people are saying that, look, if people are concerned that, uh, that their money is, is, is not safe over $250,000, they're going to pull every dollar over $250,000 out of these banks. It's going to cause a bank run. Other people are saying that uh, if you insure every dollar, this is going to cause banks to treat depositors' money even more like casino chips. Where do you come down? How do you view this situation regarding the uh, the bailouts for the banks? I don't know. Were you good in math, Frank? No. No, my worst right. subject. I, right. Did you, and, but we all tried, right? I tried. I, I gave it to the old college try, or the at least right. the junior so, high school try. So I th- yeah, I thought the bankers were really good in math, and they were responsible, and they uh, and they went to finance. They got their masters in finance, and then they go and they earn their way. Fifteen years, don't make much money. And next thing you know, they're executives, and they were. And they were that's what I always thought. And then the executives would vie. Different banks would vie for their uh, for their services. 
The more we find out about these guys, they're total selfish idiots. And when I see what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, when you see what's happened with Republic, they're all in crypto. Signature Bank, rather, is all in crypto. And you got this bank, the Silicon Valley Bank, who just took all this venture capital and, and, put, and put their money into something that was growing at 2% when inflation was higher and interest rates uh, were higher and it didn't infect their investment and they're upside down in all this. And next thing you know, they want to go to their board and it turns out only one person on the board has banking experience. And, the, and the, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank is also on the San Francisco Fed supposed to regulate banks like Silicon Valley Bank. And they warned in 2018 about the problem. They warned in 2019 that there's a problem with the balance sheets. They warned that if they raise the interest rates, this, come, this bank's going to be in trouble. And the guy in charge of regulating his own bank didn't even do anything. So I sit there and say, do these guys need more of a safety net? Even though you want to save you and I in our deposits, and they are, and it looks like they are going to be saved. You don't want to give these guys more sense that this is going to be used as a as an opportunity to gamble, and that's what they did. They're not worthy of our trust. Now we got to look at if you're really being smart and you're lucky enough to make some substantial money or inherit or earn it, you have to spread it out through various banks, and then you got to say who's in your board. Can I see their resume? Is is anyone actually doing anything but cashing a check? It just it, it just blows me away how irresponsible these people are. The um, the president is calling on Congress to essentially hold the bankers that got bonuses at uh, Silicon Valley Bank accountable, including maybe even methods to claw back the bonuses that they got. What do you think of that idea of clawing back the bonuses? I just want to see a criteria for it because mm-hmm. I don't like that Elizabeth Warren can go in there and have her anti-capitalistic principles uh, put into play. Just tell me, you know, if you lose a certain amount of money in a certain amount of time, that bonus needs to be put in as some type of escrow account. For example, these guys live high lives. Let's say they live in a five million dollar mansion and they have all these uh, these extra. All of a sudden, the money just stops or whatever. I just think just just don't give me a temper tantrum. Give me a program. Mm. Right. So I know, like what we just said, you know, just tell me what it is. You know, these these bonuses will only be paid at the end of the year, and they got to be kept in a separate account for eight months. Uh, so I just don't, I, I don't want people just trying to get votes out of this and then fundraising off it. But I, I do not think you deserve a bonus if you tank your bank. Right. That might be one of the rare uh, Kilmeade and Biden areas of uh, potential agreement. Hey, uh, what's coming up on television today? What's coming up on radio? And what can we look forward to this weekend? Uh, well, radio, I mean, I have, a, uh, I have a great lineup. I got Tristan, by the way. Tristan. Oh, great. Uh, he's going to be on TV today. I, let's say I was supposed to keep him for 20 minutes. And then Martha's like, can he stay? Uh, and we kept them for an hour, and I'm going to put that on the podcast. Everyone should just check it out if you're a parent or you're – or this is when, – when I show my kids that oh, – social dilemma, and they saw how they're being manipulated, they change their behavior. So I just think that will be important. That will be on TV. Kellyanne Conway is going to be on radio with us. Uh, Bill Browder, uh, you know, remember uh, Putin's trying to kill him. They killed his lawyer. He's going to bring us inside Russia and that whole alliance. Uh, Patrick Murphy used to be in the Bush administration. He's going to be talking about uh, what is going on in Ukraine as well. Brian Brenberg, Jackie DeAngelis, Taylor Riggs, they host their own show on Fox Business. They're going to break down what's going to be going on in Capitol Hill, whether it's the TikTok meetings, whether it's uh, what's going on uh, with, with, with TikTok, also what's going on with uh, the, these banker 
these banker hearings today that took place yesterday and let us know what the raising uh, the Fed by 0.25%. I think it's the sixth straight time they've raised rates, what that all means. So, and then on, on One Nation over the weekend, uh, or yeah, coming up on Saturday night, uh, amongst our guests, we're going to have Devin Nunes, what's going on inside the Trump camp, Trump Social. He'll bring us inside that. Call Rova lay out the whole 2024, this new, uh, the sparring session we're seeing DeSantis, as well as the rest of the field with Nikki Haley, possibly Tim Scott and others uh, jumping in. And the 41% approval rating for uh, Bush, uh, for Joe Biden. He can't feel good about that. So we'll have some fun. All right. Well, it's a shame there's nothing interesting to talk about. Uh, oh, oh by the way, Sid Rosenberg's going to be on. We can't forget about Sid. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, I will tune in to find out uh, who, who You got is. me in trouble last week. <laughs> Evidently, I didn't I didn't go back at you hard enough, so it looks like I like you better. I heard. And I, I heard. got in, and my whole spot was a grievance session with Sid Rosenberg. I think the fact of the matter is everybody knows you like me better, Brian. It's it's and that's okay. It's okay. There's no reason that Sid should be jealous of our relationship. I don't. Uh, I you know I don't give uh, you a hard time for having Sid on television. I think we're up to thirty-seven times, and I've been on television with you a total of zero. That's fine. I don't care about that. I I would much rather have your friendship and have you like me better than Sid than than Sid, and that's fine. The problem is, Frank, you have too much hair. <laughs> and and that's just, we just don't really know how to handle it. Brian. I, I, it just, <laughs> have a great day. Thank have you, a great friend. night, Frank. Take care. You Go too. Jim. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Three open lines. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. I'm the man. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 